we've all learned to work differently. Um, we have a lot more remote working going on and um, there's a, a lot of new challenges and new opportunities in communication and productivity. Hello, everyone. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the Mortgage Innovators podcast, where we deliver fresh and hopefully entertaining insights on all things mortgage and the innovation propelling our industry forward. My name is Dave Zitting with Avenue Technologies, makers of the Interland platform. And every Tuesday, you can find our rotating group of co-hosts or what the producers have dubbed the Innovative Five, who all share their own unique connection to the industry, I'm happy to have my co-hosts, Margaret, Dan, and Michael with me here today. Welcome, guys. Hey, Dave. Thanks, Dave. And a special shout out to our sponsor, Qualia. Qualia is the category-creating digital closing platform used by thousands of lenders across the country to seamlessly work with their title and escrow partners. By working better together, Qualia is powering lenders to deliver a differentiated closing experience for their clients. Through real-time communications, closing status updates, and workflow management, Qualia brings lenders together with home buyers and sellers, title and escrow agents, and real estate agents for a secure and seamless closing experience. Qualia is proud to have been awarded the Housing Wire Tech 100 Award for real estate as well as CB Insights FinTech 250 Award. Discover how you can work more efficiently with your title and escrow partners at qualia.com forward slash innovators. That's Q-U-A-L-I-A.com forward slash innovators. So we have a fun topic today uh, to jump into. The last number of uh, segments we've really focused on more specifically mortgage-related uh, technology. And today we're going to explore uh, well out of our industry um, and, and sort of kind of a multi-complex uh, technologies that uh, many other industry utilize, but we find in the housing industry and specifically in the mortgage industry that we're using more and more. How do they help us? Um, how do they? Um, how how have they helped us? Helped us grow over the last, especially the last couple of years. All the changes that we have seen that have been thrown at us with COVID. Um, we've all learned to work differently. Um, we have a lot more remote working going on, and. Um, there's a, a lot of new challenges and new opportunities in communication and productivity and all of these sorts of things. So fun topic, and uh, I'm just going to jump right in. Uh, we haven't picked any uh, specific technologies, but there's some there's there's a few that just kind of rise uh, to the occasion. Uh, we, we're utilizing uh, GoTo right now. Zoom's very popular. Things like um, um, uh, teams and and whatnot. So uh, I think that might be a really great way for us to start because so many companies have had such massive changes. My curiosity is how successful have we been in those? Um, what has changed in our organization? And do we expect that these changes might stay uh, for the long term going forward? So um, Michael, let's let's start with you. Yeah, I think. Um... Yeah, I think like most technology things, once it's out, once that genie's out of the bottle, I don't think it's going to go back in. So I, I think that it's going to change. Um, I think video, especially, you know, as we're talking about meetings and things, I do think that that's here to to stay in some capacity, um, especially as you're getting, uh, 
you know, looking at it a little bit different, even from talent pools, right? You know, if you're like for us, you know, we're, we're located in Northern California and, you know, we've got also, you know, three other great mortgage companies that are right in the backyard here with us. There's only so many mortgage people in, in Sacramento from the back end side. So, you know, as we, you expand out, you start bringing on people that are in different markets that are working remotely, you know, leveraging those team meetings. Um, you know, for us, we, we are uh, Microsoft Teams as our primary internal video tool, but then, you know, that only covers one portion of it. Then you've got, what are your loan officers using with their clients? And so, you know, we have a lot of people that are using like BombBomb or other, you know, where it's more short video messaging that's a little bit more um, just client facing versus full on meetings. So we've got kind of a variety that we're using based on whether it's internal or uh, or external, but I, I definitely think it's here to stay. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's, it's interesting where so many businesses were testing the waters with some of these sort of technologies like BombBomb, like Teams and 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 different things like that and then we were all thrown into the deep end of the pool and and so so much productivity and so much capability has come from that you know the other thing that i find is really interesting is what is acceptable now um we have so many meetings with like i, I could be with in a meeting with the ceo or with a head attorney of some highfalutin firm that charges enormous hourly rates and 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 the backgrounds and what's going on and kids showing up and you know all of this different stuff you know when when we were first starting to move into the these sort of technologies um you had to kind of um make it feel like none of that was going on now the world has accepted it consumers have been um trained how to operate with businesses that are virtual because we've all had to and this giant leap forward in sort of what to expect has changed so dramatically. Margaret, what have you felt in that sort of aspect? Have you felt it go a little too far? Has it just been wonderful to, that we have expanded that expectation across all constituencies? Um, and, and what have been the wins and maybe any things that you aren't happy about that with? Um, so, for me, this whole transition was very, very positive as um, a uh, leader on the sales side for a correspondent channel. I did a lot of traveling. And so it was fantastic to uh, be at home. Uh, what I really appreciated was um, it seemed like everyone was cheering everybody on. Like, um, you know, you could you could show up in your awesome shirt you know, low rates, but not a low tide, <laughs> like yeah. Dan has. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I found. I found, um, you know, we talked, I think it was a few podcasts um, back, we talked about, you know, inclusion and um, making people feel good and empathy and all of that. And I felt like there was a lot of it, that everyone was cheering you on when you turned your camera on, even though we didn't want to turn our camera on. And um, I love the flexibility. So I, I sort of come to this conversation, Dave, really from the perspective of we benefited a lot. Um, I, think, I think there are some people that are just dying to get back into the office, but I think in general, this, this stretched us. A lot of times I think of myself not as a big early adopter. I'm not sure if I would have turned my camera on and done a Zoom 
but it's just this was this is the new market standard. Great points, absolutely great points, Dan. Yeah, so uh, the dynamics certainly has changed uh, through last year for sure, and I agree with everything Margaret and and Michael stated. Um, I, I will say though, I, you know what what we're feeling is there's definitely some people in the organization that are kind of having you know Zoom fatigue, um, <laughs> where people are just craving to get back to face to face. So you know, as you guys know, I I just came back from our Presidents Club trip, which you know this year was you know close to 200 of our top performers all together, you know. <clears throat> no masks, everybody's hugging and high-fiving, and there is nothing that matches that. I don't care how great technology can ever be. It's just it's just really a way for you to collaborate. And, you know, I think we're seeing that throughout our organization is just people clamoring to get back to face-to-face -face interactions. And, you know, from from my seat and my position, and a lot of what I do is is really talking to our top performers, understanding what's working, what's not, so that we can get that feedback and make sure and turn into really actionable items. And it's really the only way. I mean, we can pull salespeople onto you know Zoom meetings and things and, and try to get some of the feedback. They're checking emails, they're squirreling all over the place. I mean, we all know salespeople, right? But when you can sit them down one on one, face to face, and either witness what they do on a daily basis or have a conversation where they can't look at their phone, they can't check emails. Uh, we, we, you know, we certainly see the highest engagement. Um, I hadn't, you know, one of my first travels back uh, after the restrictions have been lifted is was out to our Southern California region. I got more feedback in eight branch visits over a day and a half than I could have probably done over three months in Zoom. Um, so, it, you know, you know, there's always going to be a place for technology, and and even you know, as part of our sales cycles, we're seeing the dynamic changes. You know, a lot of our guys are now having some of those first-time home buyers come to the office to do that face-to-face -face and really build that trust and get that personalization. Um, but maybe if there's a repeat customer or some guy that's doing you know five investment properties with them, uh, they're totally cool going completely virtual. So we're seeing kind of the dynamic shift even on that aspect, and they're really trying to tailor it to the customer's needs and desires and how they want to interact, uh, you know, through each tr transaction interaction. Yep, that's, those are excellent points, um, Dan and, and, and Margaret and Michael, I loved them all. And, and Dan, uh, specifically to that, <clears throat> what I've kind of found is that it's the, oh, really, I didn't know that sort of thing. You can categorize everything into, oh, really, I didn't know that. And, and you can't know those things, pure virtual. And when you go meet with the team or you get the team together, we recently just had a big onsite with all of the management together and we were doing our um, quarterly planning and objectives. And man, you came out of that three-day session, just your mind blown of, oh, really, I didn't know that. And too much of that, oh, really, I didn't know that goes on when you're um, running highly virtual and um, and that's that's a that's a big negative. You got to try to find and create um, strategy beyond the technology that allows you to to battle that. On a positive to your guys's point, uh, recently I needed to put a committee together. It's an ad hoc committee. I needed some information. I needed some very very specific people from all over the country to be a part of this committee, and I was able to do that in an hour. And it was amazing. Nobody had, you know, and we were all happy faces. We recorded the session, Google Doc behind it. 
um, invited all of the key folks um, from the different business units to be a part of it. And I was done checking the box and I moved forward. And in, and I th I remember thinking about how there was no real way that I could have done that just a couple of years ago to the extent, even if the tech was available, we're so much more familiar with the processes now of how it works and people are comfortable. And, um, you know, th that those are two examples of just kind of the spectrum of here's the challenge, but here's the gain. Um, you know, I really appreciate that. Well, well let's, let's move forward. That, you know, Dave, I, just wanted, I, ahead, I wanted to just say, I think that was excellent. You sort of juxtapositioning what Dan said, because I think it's exactly right. There is nothing that uh, replaces face-to-face. -face. And also the efficiencies and how you can get something done, make it really low cost for people to engage and participate. And I think the, the wisdom or the competitive advantage is really understanding when to employ one or the other. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that, that that's why this topic is such an awesome topic, Dave, that you selected for us, is because that that's really it. Now we learned, we have this as a resource, and now our job is to employ it in the most powerful way given our ambition and what we're trying to get done and taking care of the other people. You know, you took care of the people all across the country by making it really simple for them. And Dan took care of his top producers that really wanted to connect and engage. So yep. anyway. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, I agree with that, Margaret, wholeheartedly. And and there's 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 really nothing, there's no ones and zeros that can um that that can fill that um amazing thing that happens when people together i believe there's a lot of telepathy that happens that nobody's aware of and, and just the and there's so much language going on and 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 you just get so much more um and you're aware there's just this kind of sort of within 10 feet awareness where knowledge transfer occurs at, at such a big level and and i think we're still figuring that out as an industry and a lot of industries are as well another thing i wanted to touch on today is as um uh, just kind of keeping in with our time budget here um beyond communications tools um also a big one i think is exploded at least i see other businesses have more rapidly adopted the entire business team participating more in project management tools and technologies. Um, that has been something that as an organization, we've had to become more, we, as an industry, organizations have had to become more organized in the way we do things if folks are kind of scattered all over the place or not in the office and talking about stuff at water cooler. And so um, we utilize a, a, a smart sheet, tech called smart sheet, and it's, it's, I love it. It's incredibly simple. Uh, you know, we can connect everybody uh, into all of the different objectives and it's just really, really simple to keep on track, get reminders, uh, everybody getting knowledge share about what's going on in all of the different business units. And, and because of, Partly, we are mainly a virtual firm, but also we were thrown into the deep end and had to really adopt a lot of virtual stuff quickly. We started leaning on that quite a bit more 
And further down the line, it wasn't just management that was involved in these project management tools. All of a sudden I found that like almost everybody was involved in these project management tools. What have you guys found in that? Do you guys see that you're leveraging the more of those across all of the different levels of, of, of the business? And, and what, what are some of the positives that you see there? Yeah, sure. I'll go first. Um, so, you know, Finance America, we've been going through a transformation effort uh, with our technology teams, uh, really to the move to more of an agile methodology. Uh, and in doing so, we realized some of those traditional tools uh, like a Microsoft project or some of the really, you know, traditional, what I'll call kind of waterfall project management tools, just really no longer suited that model. Um, so we've we've been highly leveraging Azure DevOps. Um, Jira is another one that kind of follows the same methodology. Uh, really looking at you know how we can leverage Kanban boards uh, to really drive you know a lot of our execution in those different product teams. So we're aligning you know our product teams really focused on different components of our users so that they really get ingrained with the user base and build a team of knowledgeable individuals all the way from you know, the, the product manager, through business analysts, through developers, through uh, UAT testers, through basically so your entire technology team gets brought out of the closet and are more front facing individuals uh, and can really start to build that collaboration, start innovating from the ground up versus always from the top down and transition really from what I'll call like a free, uh, feature request team of executors that basically just intake requests from people and really start to think about how to solve the overall problem and, and, and really innovate and create efficiencies and value for the business. Um, so Azure DevOps, we've you know leveraged to the fullest extent for sure. Um, it's really our tool set to make sure that we can track you know velocity, capacity of team members, um, and, and make sure that we're executing on all the things that we're promising the business. It also allows a great uh, deal of transparency throughout the organization. So anybody in the organization can go and look at exactly what's being worked on, where that item is that they made, you know, if somebody in product and pricing is focused on an item, they can literally go see exactly the status of that, who's working on that, uh, and what it, what release it's actually targeted for, for us to deploy that. Very cool. Very cool. Margaret? Yeah. Yeah, and I would say we're, um, at least uh, my group, definitely not as far along as Dan. However, just noticed a lot more collaboration. So, um, whereas, you know, documents that were housed in SharePoints or in Teams maybe weren't used as much um, by a broader group, that we saw a lot more um, adoption of that and the efficiencies of it. So um, I think we'll just see more and more as we go. It's kind of like what you said, Dave, you know, now we, we were thrown in the deep end, had to, um, you know, do all of these things quick on a dime, and now we're, we're able to understand how do they work, and then how can we best employ them for, um, you know, maximum efficiency. And familiarity, right? So familiarity, yes. more people in the organization being familiar with the tool, and using the tool enough that you can just jump in and use it kind of automatically without now, how do I do this and how do I do that? Michael? Yes. Yeah, same. I think, you know, to kind of what Dan was saying, you know, we've got, you know, our dev team uses agile DevOps. Um, we, you know, we kind of started doing that about two years before, you know, 
two years ago or so. So that that wasn't extremely new to us. But I, I think it's the the widening of the visibility. I think I think you hit it on the head when you just said it's more people within the organization at different levels. Um, you know, we still use um, Smartsheet quite a bit. Um, and I think just from the, the simplicity aspect of it is Smartsheet's one of those where you can get almost as complicated as you want, but then you yeah. can really minimize it down. So if you're, you know, in a general meeting, just giving an overview, you know, you can have it minimized. But if you're really getting into those, you know, project details, deliverables on every, you know, action item in a project, um, you, you can expand it out and really go into that. Um, and I also think too the the visibility of even like during meetings, you know, things like Teams where you can whiteboard out sessions where everybody's seeing it, you know, right there on the screen as you're going through it. You're able to drag and drop files while you're on those calls. Um, you know, Smartsheet, you're getting notifications anytime somebody goes in there and does something. So it's giving that that visibility because I think one thing that's been a little bit different through this pandemic is uh, I think people's work hours have really changed because of, you know, because of the kids at school, because of all the things. So people are doing things at such different times now. Having point. that that central location where it's like, you know, not everybody's able to be on that that one meeting at that certain time, you know, or, or you know, you're able to record and send that out or, you know, so I, I think that that's been something that's really expanded as well as just the unique ways that you can, um, you know, have people alerted and people know when things are being done in those platforms. Yeah, I totally agree. And and it's almost like we're getting a little bit more like Spain. The first time I went to Spain, um, you, you don't even think about having dinner until 10 p.m. Restaurants are closed at 9 because they just have this broken up day, right? It's like, here's what's going on. And we're becoming more and more. I don't know how many of you guys um, or our audience is, is finding that they're having dinner at 8 or 9 at, or 9.30 at night. I think that happens a lot more now uh, than it has before. But guys, we're we're getting to the end of our time today. It has been such a pleasure to collaborate with um, all of you. Uh, I'd like to thank our audience for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe to the Mortgage Innovators YouTube channel or wherever you podcast. And until next time. <laughs>